वेलकम एवरीवन टू द एक्सियम कैटलिस्ट पॉडकास्ट थैंक यू एन फॉर ज्वाइनिंग थैंक्स महीम सो गुड टू बी हियर इन कोलेबोरेशन विद निक गरारडीन फ्रॉम यूनिवर्सिटी ऑफ मेलबर्न एंड हफीज यू हैव रिसेंटली को ऑथर्ड अ रिव्यू आर्टिकल इन फ्रंटियर्स इन ऑनकोलॉजी अबाउट द प्रोग्रेस बीइंग मेड विद गामा डेल्टा टी सेल्स exciting topic so you have built this framework to help us make sense of all the new strategies companies are taking to bring gamma delta inspired therapies to the clinic mm-hmm. lots of exciting innovations coming through here awesome so that's what we want to talk to you about in today's podcast as well so how i understand is like there are three topics that you have addressed in this publication and that's how we'll keep this conversation structured as well so we'll start with okay what is gamma delta and why it is interesting what is the biology science behind it topic 2 what is the prog- what is the progress made so far what are companies doing in this exciting and evolving area of gamma delta t cell and lastly i would also like to know from you after reading about all this what are some of the implications to clinical strategies in oncology does that sound good to you and that sounds great awesome and for the audience who is listening in if you like to read the paper in detail the link to the publication is in our podcast description so please refer to that link and you should be able to get access to the paper in much more detail as well and then if you have any other questions reach out to us me and hafiz anyone as well we'll love to continue this conversation with you after the podcast as well so before we start with the overview of the publication and i'm just curious how did you become interested in gamma delta you know being in an oncology think tank actually spend a fair amount of time sitting down with my eyes closed envisioning being at the micro scale i'm looking up at a massive cell i'm trying to imagine how from the outside anything could functionally tell whether that cell is cancerous or not what could possibly show on the surface and our think tank has for a long time been working on and learning about precancer reading about new papers showing that precancer is often growing in patients for decades before it makes itself numb. Sometimes the patient's entire life since when they were in utero. And I sort of been envisioning that process, wishing there were a way for the immune system or for therapeutics to find those cells that looked healthy on the outside but they were slowly getting sicker and sicker on the inside. How could we take advantage of that? And then we started to hear about this new wave of immuno-oncology research focused on an immune cell type that could monitor the health level of the inside of a cell, so responding to its intracellular stress. And this was the missing piece that really made a connection for me. If we could leverage gamma delta's ability to look inside cells, that has the potential to build immensely powerful therapeutic tools. Mhm. Like I say Mahim, when I first put this together, it gave me the chills. Do you remember when you first learned about checkpoint inhibitors, right? So how many different cancer types have almost this convergent evolution to express PD-L1 so a single drug could be effective across so many tumors? Yeah, that that's an exciting prospect and I would definitely would like to hear more what makes you sort of make that connection with gamma delta T cell and sort of that it's it's broad potential if you can elaborate that more. Yeah. I think that the the discovery of biology that can allow us to see inside cells feels similar to me in the potential scope because this biology isn't limited to one cell type or another. The gamma delta T cells are monitoring the entire body at the same time. So if we can figure out a way to leverage these their ability to look inside a cell that means that it could have applicability across many different tumor types so you said one thing that sort of caught my attention and you said that gamma delta t cell can look inside a cell what do you mean by that mm-hmm. so there are lots of different ways a cell can be stressed right it could be malignant it could be infected 
And those will cause certain kinds of intracellular changes that are invisible from the outside, but are taking place inside the cell. Things like changes in concentration of certain metabolites or particular patterns of lipid dysregulation. Things happening inside the cell. And it turns out, this is the new biology, turns out there's a whole series of transmembrane sentry proteins that each one monitors a particular aspect of intracellular stress, kind of like monitoring or, or taking the cell's vital signs. So one type of protein watches lipids. One monitors phosphoantigens. One monitors certain metabolite levels. And they each are watching this one particular vital sign related to intracellular health. And because these proteins are transmembrane, essentially their feet are splashing around inside of the cell and their arms stick out to the outside of the cell. And so when the vital sign looks good, the extracellular domain is peaceful. But when there's intracellular stress, when that vital sign that they're responsible for watching, when that vital sign is off, they raise a red flag on the extracellular side of the cell. And so the gamma delta T cells are constantly watching for those red flags and they can respond immediately. Awesome. So, so it seems like gamma delta T cell is a very, very important part of that immune surveillance as well, right? Like, is that the right way to understand it, Anne? It is, but I think until relatively recently, its role has been underappreciated or perhaps not, not recognized because the biology of the sentries and the way in which they're able to monitor these vital signs and then send that signal is still very new. And a lot of it is still up in the air. So a lot of it is still somewhat theoretical. But the shape of the overall system is just starting to come into view now. Yeah, and I believe that is what makes it so exciting as well. And But before we jump into some of the clinical progress being made so far, I just did a quick question around like, what do gamma delta T cells do when they find a stressed cell? They kill it. <laughs> you know, some people talk about them. The first paragraph of a paper about gamma delta T cells usually says they're a bridge between the adaptive and the innate immune systems. And that's what's meant mm -hmm. because their action is immediately cytotoxic, just like an innate immune cell, something like a natural killer. And it kills a cell right away instead of necessarily activating and relying on a whole adaptive innate immune response. Awesome. So th that seems, of course, very promising in connection with oncology as well. Mm -hmm. So how is this biology being used in the clinic right now? What's the most common way companies are trying to leverage this system to benefit cancer patients? Well, so one of the interesting things when we sat down to work on this paper, I expected that a lot of the companies were going to be taking very similar approaches, right? Or that there's sort of one strategy that most people are taking. And then if that one succeeds or fails, it's a bellwether for the rest of the field. And one of the really interesting things here is there's actually at least four very different approaches. And so one of the things we dive into in the paper is this idea of different strategies that companies are taking to get into Gamma Delta. And that if one or two of them succeed or fail, it doesn't necessarily predict what's going to happen to the other strategies to enter the clinic. So in terms of how companies are trying to use this technology to benefit cancer patients, a lot of companies are adding a CAR targeting protein to gamma delta T cells and essentially then infusing them into patients. So the idea here is that the CAR will attract the gamma delta T cells to the tumors that are expressed in that target. So this is something like a CD19 or a BCMA, something validated. And then the gamma delta T cell will destroy the cancer cell. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a strategy where we've seen a couple of big deals recently from BMS, from Takeda, and it's certainly an area to watch. And something that's particularly exciting about this strategy is that these therapies can be naturally allogeneic. So you can grow up potentially hundreds of doses from a single healthy donor and then infuse them into patients. 
But the problem is, the flip side of that, is that keeping the gamma delta cells alive inside the body is tricky once they're removed from their ex vivo growth mediums. And the whole anti-cancer activity, all of the benefit we're hoping to see, does depend on the continued presence of these transferred cells. So within this strategy, we're really going to be watching for evidence of durability and long-term disease control, because there's a chance that it might be less than what we've sort of grown accustomed to with the more traditional, we call alpha-beta-based CAR-T therapies. And if that's the case, if the long-term durability is less than the CAR-Ts we're more familiar with, then we might be looking here at something that's more like a redosing paradigm. So making these cell therapies more like the way that we currently think about a traditional antibody or immuno-oncology regimen. Thank you, Anne, for walking us through some of the ways companies are trying to leverage this system. Uh, but but one thing sort of stood out, and you, you talked about gamma-delta T cell therapies in the context of allogenic cell therapy. So when people talk about gamma delta therapies, are they necessarily talking about cell therapy? That's a great question. And the answer is no. So that first strategy we talked about, right, adding CARs to exogenous gamma delta T cells, that's a cell therapy. But while a lot of companies are taking that approach, that's the most popular approach, um, others are working on small molecules or protein-based drugs that enhance the activity of the gamma delta T cells that already reside in the patient's. And these ones are actually some of the most advanced gamma delta leveraging therapies that are out there today, including IMCHEC, which had very early clinical data at ASCO and ESMO this year. Their right. drug is trying to essentially keep that sentry protein's red flag raised, to continue the metaphor, as well as Lava Therapeutics and Shattuck Labs, who are both developing biospecifics to try to attract patients' own endogenous gamma delta T cells in towards the tumor. Um, Sejan actually recently required a preclinical EGFR-targeted gamma-delta bispecific from Lava Therapeutics for up to 700 million in milestones. So lots of interest and excitement in the space. And this is a non-cell therapy version. This is a protein therapeutic. And because, because they're proteins, they do have some really big advantages over cell therapies. They can be used off the shelf. They can skip over so many manufacturing and logistical hurdles that we're seeing within the cell therapy landscape. Awesome. So that, that sounds interesting. So both of the strategies we have talked about so far rely on gamma delta cell itself to kill the tumor. Mm -hmm. So is there any work going on to use the gamma delta T cells ability to detect intracellular stress to activate a more traditional adaptive immune response? Yeah, actually, these are some of my favorite approaches, which is taking advantage of these sentry proteins, right? The ability to see inside the cell but then moving beyond just the gamma-delta T-cell biology because these gamma-delta T-cells have already let the tumor grow. So I think that this is where there's really big opportunity for innovation. So there are two different strategies trying to elicit a full-blown adaptive immune response to be triggered by the activation of a sentry protein. So one of these is to have a bispecific, something like a CD3, that pulls alpha-beta T-cells in to recognize that activated Sentry protein's red flag signal. And we've only been able to find a single academic group that's taking this approach, which they're calling GABS, but I think it's very exciting. The other approach, which is also still in its infancy, has terrific potential. So you know how in the race toward CAR-T for solid tumors, right? We talked to lots of people looking in this space. One of the big hurdles to success in solid has been to find an antigen that can allow the CAR-T to successfully identify a tumor cell. Well, what if the sentry protein's red flag could be that antigen, quote unquote? 
If you could leverage the gamma delta system's ability to detect cells that have that intercellular stress and release a Carvicti or a Brianzi against that cell. And that's what this last group of biotechs is trying to achieve. So they're trying to build a hybrid CAR type receptor that'll allow the alpha beta T cell therapy, the standard T cell therapy, to identify and react against cells whose sentry proteins are flagging that they're experiencing intracellular stress. So the Dutch biotech Gadetta is actually leading the charge in this front. And just announced recently was that Kite has acquired a stake with option to buy. So lots of excitement and moving forward here. The science is very young for this strategy. This is still very early days in terms of trying to use the gamma delta sentry signals as flags for stressed cells. That, that's amazing in how many different ways companies, clinicians, investigators are exploring gamma delta T cells. You mentioned allogeneic sort of cell therapy approach, small molecules by specific event, you know, how to leverage it to activate these adaptive immune response for more durable response maybe as well, right? So exciting and multiple ways to leverage gamma delta T cells. And out of these four different strategies that we just discussed, which of these are you personally most excited about? So we've talked about four strategies, right? First of all, we have the cell therapies that are using gamma delta T cell with a traditional CAR T targeting. I mean, like a CD19. Secondly, we have protein therapeutics that are trying to recruit a patient's endogenous gamma delta T cells to the tumor. We have the protein therapies that try and target alpha beta T cells to those six cells. And then finally, we have alpha beta cell therapies that are trying to build some kind of gamma delta inspired targeting. And first of all, they're all very exciting because of the breadth of the gamma delta system. And the first two here are the furthest in the clinic. So I think we're going to see initial data there even in the next year or two. But both of those rely on the gamma delta cells themselves to destroy the tumors. And I'm not convinced that gamma delta is quite the right cell type to provide those deep durable responses we're looking for in cell therapy. But I'd love to be proven wrong. So hopefully you'll have me back next year and we'll see a fantastic duration of response. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have you before one year, Anne. <laughs> yes, okay, but you need many months to go by to show duration of response. So hopefully you'll have me back in a year and we still won't have duration of response data. That's what I'd really love to see. Yeah. I think the real promise from this field is going to come from the companies using gamma delta biology to identify the cells who are experiencing intracellular stress. The underlying biology here is still a little shaky, so it's, it's farther from implementation or successful implementation today. But even if the two near-term strategies were to fail or to fizzle, that doesn't actually impact the future of these later strategies that rely on using the signaling of the gamma delta system to try and identify sick cells. So this idea of using gamma delta inspired biology to identify and react against sick cells, it's one I think we're going to be seeing more and more of in the years to come. Awesome. So I would like to thank you, Anne, for discussing with us this really exciting topic, which runs the gambit of large pharma, small biotech clinicians everyone excited about it and laying it out for us so clearly in in such a detail so thank you Anne, for joining us for the podcast today thanks for hosting
hosting me, Mahim. Awesome. So again, thank you to the listeners as well. If you have any additional questions or you want to continue the discussion with us, please reach out to Axiom Healthcare Strategies to continue the discussion on Gamma Delta T cell. Reach out to Anne Cherry, Hafiz Sekdar or any one of us will be happy to continue that discussion with you. Till next time, keep listening to Axiom Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Subscribe so you don't miss the beat from the table. Thank you.